0: Welcome to New Hope's Sermon of the Week. We truly hope you're blessed as you listen to this week's message.
1: Uh, This is good. So, um, you know, I always hate breaking up our family time, but that continues after the service. It is an important part of who we are. Connect. We never want to be the church where you come in and you just walk out right at the end without connecting or talking with people because you're missing the whole point. It's to be connected with the body. So... Um, but a few things I just want to share before I get going. I just want to, uh, I'm Steve. For you, those of you who, who are new, me and my wife got set in as senior leaders here a couple weeks back in a very awesome, exciting service. Um, we were very blessed and honored to, you know, be prayed over and set in. We think it's a big responsibility to be senior leaders of a church. We've been here a long time. Uh, our hearts are here. Uh, I want to thank Ralph and Wanda and the pastoral team just for your guys' graciousness and support throughout the time, you know. And um, you know, that's Dan and Cheryl and Mark and Shar and Beth, and um, such a great team that we have around us. And uh, it's a healthy place. It's a healthy family. We've got friends. We're surrounded by friends. We're surrounded by leaders, um, which I love. You know, it's a joy. And our heart is to. Be those that are running alongside and leading a strong, powerful, empowered body of Christ. Not a weak body of Christ that has to depend on everything that happens right here or to be spoon fed. But it's that, you know, as we get to know God, we start to take on his nature and we actually become more confident in the things of God and we grow. Um, as I was thinking about that this week, I came across this article that was funny. And, um, you know, talk about unempowered, but um, this article was titled, The Church Votes Unanimously to Replace Light Bulb in Foyer. <laughs> so I had to read it, so I'm going to read this. But <laughs> it was sometime during the harvest season that Jeremiah Murphy, a deacon of 30 years at Lake wakanoa First Baptist Church, first noticed the church's foyer area seemed darker than usual. He said, I looked up, And I seen one of the light bulbs just wasn't twinkling as bright as the others, a solemn Murphy-told reporters on Tuesday. I realized right away that this here is a safety hazard, so quick as I could, I turned in the paperwork for the issue to be considered for the next business meeting's ballot. Unfortunately for the church's faithful, the next business meeting ended up being canceled due to snow. It was a real dark winter, confirmed Murphy. (laughs) But as the saying goes, let there be light. Because Pastor Matt Abbott was delighted to announce Tuesday that the business meeting had successfully taken place and the light bulb measure passed unanimously. <laughs> We're looking forward to putting our dark days behind us, Abbott declared. All we've got to do now is pass a vote to create a light bulb committee, elect a committee chair, and then get out of the way and let them do their job. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Classic, right? It's like, no, we are, don't want to be like that. We, uh, God has empowered us to be able to live life, listen to his Holy Spirit, follow the leading of his Spirit, and move forward in life, knowing that uh, he, he's behind us, and he will discipline us at times, and that's for our benefit, it says in the New Testament. Um, but he's a loving, loving God. Um, I also wanted to thank Carl and Susie. Oh, Carl's in Kenya too, for um, the foundation that you guys have laid here and that we build off of. Um, so I know Carl's overseas, but maybe he will listen to this. Uh, I'm sure he will. Maybe even there on the on the plane ride back. But um, you know, you guys have poured a lot into us and into this place to get us to the point of where we're at. So you know, we stand on your shoulders. And I see Rachel here today too. Hi, Rachel. <laughs> Oh, man, uh, this better be good. <laughs> I love Rachel. I've known her for her whole life, pretty much. So, um, so I want to just kind of get us into this. We're gonna, we've been talking about this kingdom-minded theme, about what does it mean to be kingdom-minded. We're going to release some stuff today, too, even prophetically. Um, but, you know, I, think, I feel like, like we said, we're this healthy family, we're this health, healthy church, Uh, But we are all on the same mission, right? To advance the kingdom of God on earth. That's what really holds us together, binds us together in the love of God. Uh, And we also have it in our heart to demonstrate the goodness of God wherever we are and whatever that looks like. But I I would say those things hold us together. Experiencing his presence, a heart to advance the kingdom, and um, wanting to demonstrate The goodness of God. You know, anyone that comes into contact can say, yeah, I like the God that they serve. I don't want to be one of those where they say, oh boy, I wouldn't want to serve that God. I don't know. I don't like what it's doing to him. So, um, but we talked about kingdom-minded. Advancing the kingdom of God on earth is the most exciting thing I think we can devote our lives to. It's like the most crazy mission, you know, where Jesus sent them all out and said, you know, go and preach, you know, and spread this gospel all over the world. It was a large mission, you know. So once we get to know him, we start taking on his nature. We start being becoming like him. Uh, I think here I would declare that we believe that any atmosphere the king inhabits brings health, right? Any atmosphere the king inhabits brings healing, Um, And it brings, I think, empowerment. You know, it's, uh, you know, I I don't want to be 40 years into my Christian walk and, you know, not know how to pray, not know how to heal somebody, not know how to, you know, hear from God for myself. It's about being God empowering us to, you know, rule and reign here. So we talked about like a month and a half ago that when Jesus rose and he went to heaven, ascended to heaven, he was leaving us as agents of transformation on earth. Agents of transformation. I love anything with the word agent in it. You know, I just do. So, minus the assassin part of, like, the born identity, I love the whole thing of agents. But agents of transformation on earth, and this kingdom advances by love. It's a way different type of rules in this kingdom than most other kingdoms. Uh, But being kingdom-minded, when we think about it, is more than just us wanting to have a great life. And I'm a great proponent of that, too, but it's about being agents of transformation. It's about, you know, transformed people actually transform cities. The work has to start in our life, and then you know, out of that overflow, we bring that into wherever we go, into whatever atmospheres we have, whatever responsibilities we have. Um, we see this in Matthew 28, 1820. That all authority has been given to me, this is Jesus speaking, in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. So that was a big mission. But I think that the foundation or the baseline of us being kingdom-minded is first knowing that we're children of God. Can we agree on that? You know, that? Yeah, being children of God. Uh first John three one and two, such an amazing scripture. It says, See how great a love the Father has lavished upon us that we would be called children of God, and such we are. For this reason the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God. Um, and I think sometimes when I hear that I'm like, Okay, yeah, let's you know, we think let's move on to the big message. I got that part down. <laughs> but uh, let's get to the meat. No, that is the meat. That is a major part of our life. That's huge. Um, I would go so far as to say that a successful life is built on the confidence that we are a son and a daughter. You know, without that. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, believe me, I still, I mean, God brings me back to that. You know, if I feel like I'm striving or, you know, you know, whatever, I always come back to that. Okay, God, they may not like me, but you love me. I am your son, I am your daughter. I cannot please this place, but I, am, I know I'm your son, I'm your daughter. I'm validated because of I'm in your family. Like, that's great. We, we never can, you know, no one can ever take that away from us. Uh, and I would say, too, you know, I meet with lots of people, Joy and I, and, you know, counsel and listen and get to know people. I think I, I would trace most roots, of dysfunction in lives back to not understanding or not having that solidified in your life, knowing that you're a son or a daughter. Um, you know, and I think it's just something for us to always to like kind of keep that pulse on. How are we doing? How is my heart doing? Do I, do I know, do I believe that I'm secure as part of the family of God? If I feel like I'm striving or, you know, I'm really out of whack or I'm overlooked, I got this victim mentality all the time, then there's, we probably miss something at that foundation level. And God wants to highlight that and bring us back to that. God, I am your kid. Now, I think Romans 8.14 is also really helpful. Romans 8.14, For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. Where we talk about evidence of our sonship in Christ is that we're being led by his Spirit. You know, how do you know that you're growing? How do you know that you're in the family? You know, are you being led by the Spirit of God? You know, is the Spirit starting to... Are you listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit? Is the Spirit leading your life? Are you seeing fruit emerging out of your life? If you're not, then I'm questioning if something's wrong or something's off. You know, we should be being led by the Spirit. Our lives should be demonstrating good fruit. And... um, and this really highlighted, uh, how many got to hear Harold Everly, one of the services a couple weeks ago, it was so good. But he really, and I think he just highlighted this so well, but about, remember coming under his lordship? Like our lives, as we come under his lordship, and he takes place, and first place kind of in that life, in our life, we start thinking differently, we start acting differently. Um, I know this process went on in my heart for years. That's why I can still, at the drop of a hat, sing, Lord, I give you my heart, and I love it, and I mean it. And it's like, I I mean, we sang that song for 20 years, Mary, Beth, I mean, Susie, Rachel. And it's like every time I sing it, I still feel like, Lord, I give you my heart, I give you my soul. I lay down everything that isn't of you, you know, I just give it back and just take it, you know. Any thoughts, bad behaviors, patterns, I just say, give them over to you, you know? And that's part of the heart of, uh, you know, a, a part of the life that's being transformed. Um, but I also think, so it would have been amazing to say, yeah, we're in the family, and we could stay there our whole lives, right? I mean, that one truth is, is astounding that we got brought into the family of God, you know? I mean, what king of any kingdom you've ever heard of would lay down his own life and then come into that world and allow himself to be tortured for, you know, so he could forgive sin and then turn it over the reins to the people who did that to them? I mean, it's like, it's unheard of. And then say, oh, now you're all part of my family. That's like amazing. So if that wasn't good enough, he then he said in Romans eight sixteen that the Spirit testifies with our spirit that we are children of God and of children, heirs also. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. So we're like the administrators over his kingdom. We're like, now we're looking over our dad's estate on earth. You know, he went up and said, I'm, you know, now it's up to you guys. Advance this kingdom on earth. So as uh, children of royalty, we're learning the ways of the kingdom. And I talked about this last month where I said, it's kind of like, you know, okay, now we're heirs, co-heirs with Christ. That means we receive the blessings of the kingdom. We share it with Jesus. We're co-heirs with Christ. It's amazing. Um, and as we start to believe it, and as we start to, we know we're in this family of royalty now, that we're kings and priests, we start talking differently. We start acting differently. And we can say, you know, to each other, and, you know, Joy has said it to me many times, you know, you shouldn't talk like that, or, you know, whatever. I mean, right, maybe a couple times, maybe once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> don't say that, you know. Um, but we can say, you know, kings don't behave like that. The way you're acting, that's not. You're capable of so much more than that, you know. Um, you know, kings don't talk like that anymore. You can lay that stuff aside now. You know, you can lay that down. Uh, but I feel like that's what God has been doing in us, in bringing us through this process of um, you know having our minds renewed. Many of us for years. If you're newer with us, you're starting to kind of get the pulse and the flavor of what God's doing here and uh, how we see our role, really, And uh, is people that are to extend the kingdom of God and uh, get healthy and whole and then, you know, pass that on to others. Um, I want to share some things, just kind of pivoting from that, but some things that have been happening here at New Hope that sometimes I don't want to assume that we all know. Uh, Because some of us know, some of us hear about it, others might not. So I want to share just some things. Um, Some of it might be obvious to you, but some of it, you know, might not. And uh, so, so here it goes. Um, I I just think, well, I don't think I know. We're in a time where we're experiencing growth. I mean, look around, you know, there's a lot of new people that have been joining us. Um, We're like a family that has had decades together, in deep friendships, in mature saints, and God is infusing that with new people that share the heart and that want to, we're going to go to the whole next level now, like this explosion of like family and infusion of new people and gifts and talents and different ways of looking at things. Um, it's, It's needed for the season God's bringing us into. Um, Bill Vanderbush said back in February, um, if anyone knows, Bill Vanderbush uh, was at New Hope in February, did a whole bunch of services. He uh, speaks all over the world. Um, you know, Every year down in Harrisburg at the Life Center Church, him and Bill Johnson, uh, Lance now. and uh, a whole bunch of speakers do this big conference every year. Well, he came up to Rochester. It was here with us for like three days. He met with the pastoral team and some leaders of ministries, um, and as he was looking around the room, we recorded it. Now, he hadn't met anybody. You know, he travels all the time. He, he says his favorite thing to do when we asked him was to meet with leaders. So he said, would you meet with our, you know, some of our leadership team? And he said, yeah, sure. Now, that's my, one of my favorite things to do. I was hoping you'd ask. So he said, great. So one of the things he said, um, that I think we were all like, wow. He said that it was the most confident leadership team that he has seen that he felt there was a presence about the team and the people, that it was a strong confidence. Um, yeah, it was like, well, we're like, okay, well, we don't sit around and think about that stuff or have any idea, like, oh, we're so confident, you know. It's like, I, I wanted to say if he only knew what we were really thinking, you know, it's like, God, we are so dependent on you, you know. But it was encouraging. Um, international movements are going to start here, is what he kept saying. The international movements are going to start here in spring here. That's already started happening, you know, with the yeah. Walton Academy. Um, but I don't think that's it. I'm sorry, John. You know, you're going to have to share that platform. <laughs> let's do. Let's go for it. Um, Harold Eberly was uh, here a couple weeks ago. We did the same thing. We just said, you know what? I want these people, you know, they have platforms, they have anointings, and, you know, speak into us, speak into our team. You know, what do you sense and what do you see? And, uh, you know, he was here two years ago, and he spoke some amazing prophetic stuff, but Harold doesn't remember what he did last week, really. I mean, he travels so much. He's home three weekends a year at his house. I mean, that's how much they travel internationally and nationally. So he had no idea, really, about any of us. Um, but he was looking around the room and, and i don't remember exactly how he worded it but it was he said i have no idea by looking at this team and there weren't a ton of us but he said um, but by looking at the team that's here and getting to know you you're capable you should have a church of 800 we were like wow he's saying based on the teams that i meet with all over you know wherever where he travels you should you should you should have a church of 800 we were like did he say 80 or 800 <laughs> <laughs> what decimal point did he mess up, you know? So we were laughing. So he said, okay, so we all really started praying about that and said, okay, that's what he was sensing. That's what he's seeing. Um, you know, I had heard rumors at some point that the sanctuary was being built for 800, you know, so that number kind of stuck in my mind. Um, but, anyways, uh, so I, I don't know. It was uh, very interesting. It's like, yeah, Lord, let's see it. Let's see it happen. But I'll tell you, we're stirred by that as pastors and leaders, and you know, and I encourage you too. We're asking, Lord, why aren't we there yet? You know, why aren't we at 800? If that's what He's seeing and that's what He's saying, you know, why why aren't we there? You know, and don't say the answer is me because you know, it's like
0: <laughs> I was
1: just talking with a pastor out in Syracuse yesterday. And uh, he was telling me, he pastors a pretty large church out there. And uh, he, was, uh, he went in, he goes to work at Barnes and Nobles, like I know a lot of ministers do. You know, go and they read and they drink their coffee at a bookstore. And he said, I can just kind of get away and stuff. He's like, I picked up a book on the shelf. It was by T.D. Jakes. And it was talking about a consultant that um, he was sharing the story of how a consultant went in to work with a church and pastored. And they really dove deep into everything. And they looked at all the different ministries and the people and the leadership team and everything. And then the, the consultant came back and gave the report to the pastor like, we found the problem. It's you. <laughs> and they, the, this pastor is telling me, he's like, I shut the book so fast I put it on the shelf. I like got out of there. You know, he's like, oh gosh. But he actually ended up doing that and getting some really good insight and counsel. And it really made a difference for them in Syracuse. And they're growing and seeing God really blessing that work. But I thought that was funny. So, you know, we can all relate to that. Like, it's me. Oh, no. Um, so, but seriously, we are asking the Lord, saying, why aren't we 800? Lord, what, do, what are you doing? What are you saying? You know, you've got to start somewhere. But uh, God is breathing on this. We feel it every week. Things are happening. Um, You know, I think the reality is we know who we are in Christ. Um, We carry that confidence with us and that empowerment into what we do, and we know we're all impacting people every day in our jobs and in our lives. Um, So I would just, you know, we're looking for your help, honestly, to get this message out. Uh, what God is doing here. The health, the, you know, people coming in, getting changed and set free and delivered. And then we as a team want to get behind you, get behind individuals and see you be successful and you, I mean, just kill it in your ministry and whatever it is God's put on your heart. That's our heart. It is not ever going to be about joy and myself and how great we're going to get. It's going to be about a large, expanding leadership team that's always growing and that is launching and ascending. sending. So that's what you can expect. Um, we're going to be doing a lot of sending in the days ahead, so we need to prepare for that. You know, it, we always say, you know, there's been words here for decades about it being an apostolic center, and we get all excited at that word until you have to start sending. So we're going to have to get used to that. Um, you know, we are not a place that controls people or holds on too tightly. Um, we are not ashamed to say, hey, get in and get involved, be a part of this, support this financially, because obviously it needs it. It doesn't just happen all by itself. Um, you know, but, you know, so yeah. So i will leave that one at that. <laughs> I made my peace. So we're going to be doing a lot of sending. So, um, so that's, it's going to be challenging for us. It's not always going to be easy, um, but it's part of the call on this place is to get behind and to see people experience God and then move out in the things that God has called you to do. Okay? Joy, did you have anything you wanted to add? I know you had something. Do you want to do it now? Okay.
2: I love this man who just encourages me and just says, yeah. Step out, baby. He's such, a, he's such a good man that raises up women who are powerful and know that they are just as powerful as our counterparts, right? Right. We just had a prophetic word recently that uh, New Hope is going to be a place that raises up powerful women, Mm. right? And uh, interestingly, we, in that word also, uh, this person said that our family with our four young girls represents that for you. So uh, I'll take it. I love it. I love it. Um, So as Harold was talking through um, the pastoral model versus the apostolic model of church, it was an interesting thing, right? It was a little bit of a mind shift for some of us. Um, He was saying that under the pastoral model that the church is a, a gathering, but under the apostolic model that the church is an assembly. And what that meant was you can have a pastoral model where the pastor is the be-all, end-all, and uh, is there to keep his flock healthy, but he or she is the one who is um, doing most of the stuff. And everyone who's there has their gifts tucked away, and they're sitting around all just gathered together with their gifts tucked away because the pastor can do it all, and they don't have to be pulled on necessarily to, to step out and do more than sit in a pew and gather once a week, right? Um, so as we're, as we're moving, luckily we haven't been under a pastoral model that didn't acknowledge the gifts that we all have, but it's, it's increasing to more of an apostolic model where there's an assembly. And the assembly means that you take all of the pieces, yeah. all of the pieces, and you assemble something with them and we all bring our peace, we all bring our gifts, and we assemble something, and that's what I believe is happening here. There's people that are being stirred. We've had, probably since January, been approached by more people than we have in a short period of time previously, people saying, I want to get involved. What can I do? I want to get involved. Some of these people we've been watching for a while and just knew that there was leadership on them and we were waiting for them to step up. And we're like, huh, what's, what's it going to be? Yeah. Because we're not going to manipulate or twist your arm or make you do something that you don't want to do. Um, but people are approaching us and approaching Ralph and approaching the pastoral team and saying, I like what's happening here. I want to get involved. Mm. That is the assembly. Yeah. The assembly is happening. Yeah. And your spirit might be stirred... And it might be stirred in a way that the enemy wants to take advantage of that stirring and say to you, you're not valued. Mm. The leadership here doesn't see your gifts. Mm. There's, a, there's a leadership team expanding, and guess what? You're not part of it. And that's a lie. Because the leadership team that we have here has expanded a lot, even in the last few months. And it is continuing to grow because we need people to carry weight with us because we're not a pastoral model where Steve and I are the ones carrying all the weight. I don't want that and you shouldn't want that. Right, right. So we're, we're pulling on you and we're calling on you and if you feel a stirring in your heart, don't believe the lie of the enemy that your gifts are not valued here. Mm-hmm. Ask the Lord, where do I fit? Where does my piece fit in this assembly? Yeah. And jump on it. Because we're, we're not out there twisting people's arms saying, we want you, we want you, we want you. We're being approached by people who are saying, I want to be involved. So if you're sitting in your chair and you're not creating relationship with people around you, then you're not going to feel valued because leadership here is built on relationship. So step out, get connected, get involved, and don't allow the enemy to tell you that your gifts are not valued here. Because we need your yeah, peace. We need your part in this assembly because what we're assembling is going to be beautiful. Because the kingdom is beautiful.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good.
2: What else did I have here? Um.
1: And don't try. Do it. You know, I was corrected by one of my daughters this week. Where I said, they were asking me something. I said, I said, OK, I'm going to try. No, don't try. There is no try. Do or do not you remember who that is? (laughs) Quoted by Master Yoda, I was corrected from a Star Wars quote. There is no try. There is only do or do not. No try. I said, you're right. I should have been more decisive about that.
2: (laughs) No, that's, that's all I've got.
1: Okay, that was great. Thanks. Yeah. I, I want to end on something, and I want us to, um, we're going to play the prophetic word in a second. Uh, this was given by Harold, uh, the Saturday night session. Um, probably a lot of us heard it. It was like a flurry of activity that night. I heard it, I thought, oh, it was interesting, i got to listen to it again. When I went back and listened to it, I felt it was so right now for where we are. You know, and we have to, and we're going to send this out too in the New Hope News, so like Ralph said, if you're not getting that, make sure you get it. Because we're going to send out these prophetic words so that we can all be getting them, and I tell you, the prof- prophecy is not just so I can feel good; it's so that I can war with these words that yeah. we're given, and to stand on them. And when you hit tough times, and we all do, every one of us—never think that the man of God syndrome doesn't struggle right. with you know frustration, anxiety. I mean, we we are we wrestle with that. Believe me, we need these words. When we get these and we stand on them and we listen to them over and over and over until it starts shaping it and becoming a real reality. Yeah. Right, Grace? Yeah, yeah. Isn't that how prof- prophetic works? I mean, I didn't, I didn't take the class this morning. I didn't know if I missed something. I passed. Oh, good. You've said that to me a lot over my life as a professor of music. You passed. Barely. <laughs> um, all right, why don't you go ahead and play that word, uh, okay, Howard. Thank on? you. Don't
3: want to drag on. We're going to be tomorrow. Well, let me, uh, there's some prophetic things, I just yeah, feel. Beautiful. Beautiful. Jesus' name, I want to say. Amen. Back in worship time, first I heard the voice of the Lord. He was saying, what do I have to do to cause you to believe? Can't you see around you what I brought together? Who I've moved into positions? Why would it not work? I promise you, this time it will. And it will endure. What do I have to do? To reveal to you my plans for the future. To think bigger than you are right now. It's time now. It's time now to believe in what I'm doing. Believe it has a purpose. Because I don't build a foundation without building on it. Think bigger. Think bigger. Think bigger. It will work now. Betrayal is past. You've warred through the seasons of the past and paid the price and have established yourself in who you are. Now. Now. Prepare yourselves for harvest. And a wind of blessing upon you. Live in it. Live in it. Live in it. Live in it. And enjoy it. Because I've been speaking to you about it. I don't want you to sit watching. I want you to believe. And step into it. This is my will.
1: Watch and see. This is what
3: I'm doing among you. In Jesus name.
1: Oh, is that good? That's, there's so much in that. I just want to unpack a little bit of it. But uh, I tell you, I listen to these things. I re- listen to them in my car. I get teary-eyed. I feel the Lord working in me when, we, when I listen to them, And I receive these things for myself. Yeah. And this word was not given over a person. It was given to us. Yeah. We all share this. So it's important. I mean, if you need it, we'll get you a transcript of it. We're going to send out the audio in the New Hope News. I think we'll figure out a way to do that. Um but listen to it and ask the lord what is my response this was given to us as a family so when i really went through it and unpacked it these were some of the keys that i heard it was think bigger i think it started off with that think bigger you know i think that's always a good word for us the other one time to it's time to believe in what i'm doing the lord i'm time to believe in what i'm doing says the lord Building on a foundation. Did anyone hear that part? You know, you you don't just have a foundation laid by itself, but the point is to build on it. I mean, Susie, Carl, Ralph, our leadership team over years have built a good, solid foundation. And now we're going to add on to the work that they've laid. Um, And, you know, that's the beauty of it. We're not taking like a 180 turn. There's been a good foundation laid. Christ in you, the hope of glory has been, I mean, that is a message here that has been laid. Uh, and then seasons of just health and building on the love of God. And I mean, we know who we are in Christ. These are foundations that have been laid here. No competition or competing for that, but we know that we're a son or a daughter. Uh, uh, the other one I heard was, work through the seasons of the past. Now this, if you're new, might not have as much meaning, but for those who have been here for decades, that's really meaningful, right? We've worked through some challenges to get to this place. And I say we, because we have worked through some challenges. Now is the time to like really move forward and to build on that. And we've worked through it. Don't hold on to that stuff. Let some of those things go. But we need to you know move forward. Um, this one I loved. I always loved these parts of the words. But prepare yourself for harvest and a wind of blessing upon you. I don't really know what that fully looks like, but I think we're just starting it. I think it's just barely starting. Prepare yourselves for harvest and a wind of blessing upon you. And then I love this one because I think we can miss it if we don't hear these types of things. Live in it, live in it, live in it. Yeah, Enjoy it, you know? Sometimes, yeah. you know, and I, we talk about this with friends and stuff, you know, you can be really future-oriented in your thinking and miss what's happening right now. Or sometimes you're so present focused, you don't think about the future. You know, it's good to have some of both. You know, so I love those words live in it, live in it, live in it. Don't miss it, enjoy it, feel what I'm doing is almost what the Lord's saying. Live in it right now. And then it ended with, you know, I don't want you to sit watching. You know, that should be something that we all take to our heart. I don't want you to sit watching. The Lord's saying to us, don't miss it. Don't miss an opportunity, you know, to be used, to step into those things that God's calling you to, the things that he's put in your heart that, you know, he doesn't just force upon you, he doesn't just throw you through the door, but you have to open the door and walk in, you know? I'm glad we don't have a God that throws us through the doors. It looks great in the old westerns, but it practically wouldn't work really well with us. Um, But step into it was the final thing, so... Um, So I just wanted to share that. I mean, is that encouraging? Does that speak to anybody's heart? I feel like, I mean, no matter where we are in our season of life, we could take something from that. So I would encourage you to ask the Lord. And you might even felt something stirring in you when you heard that. Um, But I will just remind, you know, this is not going to be without challenges. It's not going to be without transition. So we all need to know that going in. Whenever we get expanded, there's stretching, there's things that... Hurt or don't feel right, but it's part of the growth process. So be prepared for that in our hearts. Um, I loved something that I saw this past week. Anyone seen anyone, the Lord of the Rings movies? There's this great quote. I was watching it with my two older daughters. And there was a battle scene. I don't even remember which movie. I know there's some real buffs here that will remember. I think it was the King of Rohan uh, that Aragorn was telling him, you know, we can't win. In this situation, they're saying we need more men. You know, you can't win. And he said, in this amazing kingly presence, he said, But we will meet them in battle nonetheless. And I was like, hooah, as Harold would say hooah. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Maybe not, but we are going to meet it in battle nonetheless. You know, and I feel like we have, Christ has given us the victory. Yeah. But I like that attitude, you know, that we're not going to back down. We're going to face this thing head on. We're going to. Give ourselves to the things of God. Uh, yeah. Watch what He does and expand us. Um, so I just want to end there, and maybe just pray over you. Can we just have a piano player, Jess? If you could maybe play a little, okay. and just give a moment to respond to this. <clears throat> Looking to see. Let's let's stand together too. You need the headphones oh yeah, it's not as easy anymore all right Jeff, just jumping right on all right we're just going to pray just you know open up your hands just in this posture of receiving lord i just pray a blessing on everybody here i thank you for your holy spirit that leads us in life i thank you that you're a good father and you're you're behind us and you want the best for your kids And you want us to succeed in life like any good father would. So, Lord, I pray even these words that we heard, Lord, this uh, prophetic word from Harold that we can all take as our own. And what are you saying to us in that? And I felt like there were hearts being stirred when we played this. I felt there were hearts being stirred even as I shared this. And that God was bringing some things to remembrance of things that he had said or he had put in your heart. So thank you, Holy Spirit, even right now, even in this posture of us knowing our King, serving our King, wanting to know what's on the King's heart for us. Lord, what's on your heart for us today? Thank you, God. Thank you, Holy Spirit.
0: 50 that lie becomes bigger, is telling you the truth. I've heard this before, I've been inspired before. We break the lie off anyone over fifty that you that your time is over. If you're 80, there is a place for you to fit. If you're over 70, There's a place for you to fit. If you're in your 60s, there's a place for you to fit. If you're in your 50s, there's a place for you to fit. We break a lie that the older saints don't have value or don't have a contribution. If you're in your 20s and you say, I I feel like I need to grow, the Lord is saying to you, I have a deposit in you that I want to breathe on and I want to spread it like wildfire. The heart of the Father is everyone participating. And as Steve so beautifully uh, communicated to you this morning, everyone has a part. So I represent those over 50. And I'm just telling you, do not check out. Do not believe a lie. Holy Spirit. You ignite things that have been dormant. You ignite things that are passions. Father we believe. Do you not believe was how Harold started this whole thing. Young people being launched and ignited. Transformation of a city through this place. Bursting out in life. I even call out today
1: these things that have been in our hearts that are dormant. I call them forth in Jesus' name. Well, I feel there's some even here that you've forgotten what they were. And we call those to remembrance today in Jesus' name. We declare that God has dreams in your heart that are coming out. Even this week, I just saw them being coming to your surface, coming out in the night and dreams and people waking up and writing things down as things were coming to your remembrance Some things get tucked away and they need to be brought back out into remembrance. So, Lord, I I loose that over us this morning, just this hearing ability and to be able to draw those things back out of our memory. Thank you, Lord.
0: We really hope you enjoyed this week's message. Please join us again sometime and be sure to check out our exciting resources at newhopecom.org.